You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast, for all podcast updates and more. We got a big win here, guys. 56-7 win over Northwestern in a complete ass-whooping. This is a game where, I mean, it was like a complete mismatch out on the field. It was so much fun to watch. We haven't seen one of these ass whoopings since Maryland a couple of years ago. Uh, Tyler, what did you think of this ass whooping here? You know, I, th- I think we all kind of thought there was a shot that this could happen. I know Derek had probably the highest margin. But it's one thing to conceptually be like, yeah, Northwestern's not that good. You know, Nebraska, we could blow them out. And then to see it um, and and to really see how it looked. Like, to see, like, it, it was never a game. It The game was over virtually by the end of the f- three minutes in the first quarter. It was amazing. The best performance or in the top co- performances under Scott Frost. Derek, what did you think? Oh, I, it's hard to argue with that. I mean... Look, Scott Frost now has like the top five scores of highest points scored on offense in the big since we've been in the Big Ten, and this topped all of them. And it was it was awesome to see. Like it was so fun to see. Like, like Tyler said, this game was over by. I mean, by the end of the first quarter, it was almost like ah. If I didn't love Nebraska so much, we could probably just find a different game to watch. <laughs> because when Alabama does this to a team, I turn. You know, I'm not watching the rest of that game. So when you guys watch this game, I mean, you guys have to admit it was an obvious mismatch out there. Uh, Northwestern, they were just so slow. This was not the typical Northwestern team. So does the outcome of this game say more about Nebraska or does it say more about Northwestern here? Derek, what do you think? 100% Nebraska. Really? This is all. Yeah, absolutely. This is all about Nebraska. We talked. We sat here and bitched for the last five weeks about how we couldn't play a clean game. We couldn't put it all together. We couldn't play good in the first quarter. We couldn't do this, and we did all of it. Like we did everything that we thought we couldn't do. We had good special teams for the love of God. I mean, good special teams. Like we had all eight of our extra points and had an eighty-four yard punt. Like we had good special teams, not just serviceable, but actually pretty. I mean. Granted, the best part of special teams was we didn't let them get on the field very much outside of extra points and kickoffs. But, I mean, yeah, I think this says everything about Nebraska. And we've talked about how good of games we played the last couple weeks against Michigan State and Oklahoma. And, you know, we talked about should have won those games or could have won those games if we just didn't shoot ourselves in the foot. And there was none of that in this game. Absolutely none of it. Tyler, what what about you? What do you think? You know, I think it says a lot about both teams. Um, so it's kind of a loaded question. But if I have to choose, I think Northwestern. Um, you know, whenever you are talking about the worst performance a team has ever had, and I know we'll get into this, but this was the most yards that a Pat Fitzgerald team had ever given up. Uh, whenever you're in that category, I think it just says something about you. Um Take nothing away from Nebraska because I don't think there's many teams in the Big Ten that will do that to Northwestern. I don't expect that to be a regular occurrence. But I think on this Saturday, 
you know, this was an example of, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying these, but Scott Frost outcoat Pat Fitzgerald. And if you listen to the comments after the game, Pat Fitzgerald talked about how we had different wrinkles with the option than they expected. I mean, I think it was a masterful play call from the very first play of scrimmage taking that deep shot on. Like, I just, Scott Frost outcoats Pat Fitzgerald. Like, let that sink in, Justin. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it helps when you go up with a uh, uh, put up points that fast, you know. 21 points in no time at all. You know, your team starts to play a little bit more relaxed. They're having a lot of fun out there. And Northwestern, they they seemed frustrated. They, they were already slow as shit. I, they're, well, they're not very good, but, I mean, that was what was great about Nebraska because they had so much confidence after scoring so quickly and the success that they had in offense. They, they just went out and they just they had fun. They treated it like it was uh, like a it was like a, a spring game, you know, just load up the points. And the best part was, you know, like a spring game, we emptied we emptied the bench, man. <laughs> Matt Masker, Matt Masker, how cool was it to see him come in there and get some uh, quality playing time there at the end? I mean, those were he got to throw and his first run where he trucked that linebacker. Oh my God! It, it, I I was just laughing my ass off. I didn't know Matt Masker played linebacker uh, in high school, but it makes sense. <laughs> He's a thick dude, man. Well, and, and Justin, you talked about emptying the bench. We this is what we wanted to see against Fordham. Like it, it, we didn't even get to see this against Fordham. I mean, you look about. You talked about us getting up so big. I mean, we held Northwestern to thirty-four uh, rushing yards. And all credit to the defense for executing that. Um, I'm sorry, 37 rushing yards, Derek. Derek gave me an eye roll there. Um, sorry, I forgot about those three. But uh, in large part, obviously our defense played well, but we completely threw them from their game plan. I mean, Northwestern came into that game running the ball very well. We talked about that last week, that they had had success running the ball. Um, but they didn't even get a shot to try it because we took them completely out of the game. Yeah. Um, just masterful. Well, I, I want to bring a couple things up in this. Like, how great was it to watch the option again? Like, honestly. And, and it was masterful. Like, it was great option football. And I, I'm just going to tell you a little story because I thought it was kind of funny. So, right before the Xavier Betts play, uh, I was at my dad's watching this game. My dad looks over at me and he says, why do they keep motioning these wide receivers back behind the, back, back, back behind the quarterback and the running back? And they never run with them. And right as he said that, pitched to Xavier Betts 83 yards. Yeah. Like it was just, it was so awesome to see. Uh, but you talk, Justin, you talked about how fast we scored. But the amazing part about this is not only did we score fast, but we also held onto the damn ball. Like we had the ball for 34 minutes in this game. Yep. So I, it, it, was, it was like everything you, you want to see in a football game. While we're talking about offense there, uh, there in the beginning of the the game, you know, Adrian Martinez, he was the one keeping the ball for all the touchdowns there. And uh, Tyler, you had asked us, like, geez, if you're a running back, would you be pissed off that you don't get the ball down around the goal line? <laughs> and I was like, Hold, I, I didn't really think anything of it because shit, man, it was just fun seeing touchdowns like that. You know, we're just putting up points because, you know, I've been critical that, 
you know, our offense is pretty good in between the 20s, but not so much in the end zone. But seeing points go up, I didn't care how those points came. Uh, But what's more, uh, the bigger question about the running backs is, what the hell is the running back rotation anyway? Yes, no? Well, ask me next week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, but here, here's the thing. Like, we complain about the running back rotation, but when we started the season, the one thing we wanted to see was we wanted to see our running backs getting uh, more yards than what Adrian Martinez was. And while there's not one running back getting more yards than Adrian Martinez, our running backs collectively have 763 rushing yards to Adrian Martinez's 412. So, I mean, it's working, I guess. I mean, I still would like to see a consistent rotation. Uh, I think they found something with uh, Johnson and Yant. I really do. Uh, but you, you want to see Yant get that ball a hell of a lot more, don't you? Oh, man, he's a beast. And we said it in the spring he was a beast. And so now it's just good to actually see it come to fruition. But uh, he's got, they're going to have a tough test this weekend against – I mean, we'll get into that later. But this weekend they're going to have a tough test running the ball against those guys. Tyler, what did you think about uh, Jacquez Yant? Well, I, th- I think that a lot of people are, um, you know, maybe that don't follow Huskers as closely or maybe, you know, people that aren't even really Husker fans are like, well, what the hell? Why have the coaches been playing him? Oh, he, ca- he came into camp a little overweight. Like, what's the big deal? Like, look how good he looked. The reports are he weighed close to 260 coming into camp. Like, so it wasn't like he was, oh, a couple pounds heavy. I mean, a 260 and 245 or 235 depending on what you believe he was playing at on Saturday, is a big difference. Um, so so I think there is some rhyme reason. I, I, you talked about not knowing the rotation. And, guys, I liked Yant. But I'll tell you, we saw Morrison and Step come in late. They still look like they're competent running backs. You know, we said this going into the season, or, or at least I did, that the gap between one and six probably wasn't that high. And you're, we're at the official halfway point of the season, and – Granted, it's not six anymore, but the gap between one and four isn't that high. Like, there isn't a lot of gap, and I suppose that's a good problem to have. Like, God forbid someone else gets injured, but I I, I really, at this point, I think we're injury-proof, knock on wood, at running back. I, I, I want to add on what you said about Yan. You, you said he came into the season, you know, at around 260 is what the, the reports are saying. And I, I want to add on to that, and not ju- not just the fact that he was weighing two sixty. It was the fact that he was weighing like two forty ish in in spring ball, and they wanted him to cut down weight then. And not only did he not cut down the weight that they asked him to cut down, but he came in twenty pounds heavier. So I yeah, I that's it's accountability. Your coaches tell you to do something, you got to try and do it. And so so to me, I think the coaches were holding him accountable for not doing what they asked him to do. I thought it was- and that, and. And now that he's getting back down to weight, they're playing him. I thought it was funny when he was talking about, you know, before the season, they all got fitted for suits. And they wore those suits uh, for that game. And so he's walking in. Well, he doesn't own a belt. So when he was walking in, he lost all that weight. And so his pants kept falling off. So he had to keep holding <laughs> his pants up in a suit. Somebody buy that boy a belt. Come on, man. <laughs> you, you can do that now. Uh, yeah, you can. NIL. He's got to get a belt sponsorship. Uh what uh, some some suit company in Lincoln get this kid a sponsorship? But you you talk about that, Justin, and, and 
And again, not to jump over all over the place, but you talk about this game obviously on the field but like you look at the theatrics with this game too like from all the players wearing suits when they showed up and the swagger and i don't know who it was who had the cowboy hat and the mustache leading the pack but um right off the bus but like just the swagger then the light show between the third and fourth quarter like like this this is what nebraska football should feel like like this this is for all ever all things considered about as fun of a game is we have seen under scott frost so acdc thunderstruck thumbs up or thumbs down derek i'll give it a thumbs up for that situation and that light show it's totally fine with me tyler i like thunderstruck i i i'm a fan of acdc i think thunderstruck is a like when i think of like football songs that make me think football thunderstruck has just always been there um you know, Varsity Blues brought that out and they play it. Uh, it's just, it's always kind of been one of those songs like that I just remember, I think about with football. So yeah, I, I love it. I think it was fun. I'm, I'm anxious to see if they have something in store this weekend. So I want to talk about that, uh, the little light show there at the end of the third quarter. On Hell Varsity Radio, they were saying that that had been in the works since 2018. Uh, they wanted to do that against Akron, because uh, it was a night game. We all know that it was rained out. And then the only other opportunity they had to do it was a night game was when Ohio State came to town. Uh, but they had, like, technical difficulties is what they said. It's probably due to the, that we got because we got throttled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. So I, I don't know. But, I mean, we've been waiting. We're in the fourth year waiting for a damn night game so they could pull that out in Lincoln. I mean, night. If the, can, you, can you believe if, that? That's crazy. Now we got two if night they, games in a row. If they did that light show during that Ohio State game, they'd have to play row, 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 row boat because we got boat raced. <laughs> I, 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 I just think of PJ Fleck when you say that. <laughs> I, I want to go back to this offense just a little bit longer. I'm sorry, guys. I know you kind of moved on, but uh, 427 rushing yards. I mean, I know we talked about these running backs. But let's let's look at the passing yards. I mean, dude, Adrian Martinez was 11 yards per attempt compared to uh, Helinski was 6.4 yards per attempt. They had 26 more passing yards than we did on almost twice the attempts. They had 40 attempts to our 21. Like, it was a good game all around. And to start the game off with a 70-yard pass... It was phenomenal. And I, I just want to tell you guys a little something. So, so I, I went back to like 2015 to look at this. And we have 40 plays of 40-plus yards already this year. There were three seasons since 2015. We didn't have 11 in the whole season. Wait, say that stat again. We have 40 plays of? No, we have, we have 11 plays of 40-plus yards. Oh, okay. Wow. And there's been three seasons. Now, I, I will admit that one of those seasons was last year, and we only had eight games. But uh, and, and then we have nine 50-plus yard plays already this year. We didn't have a season between now and 2015 where we had over seven. We've already got nine in half a season. Were all those plays attributed to either Adrian Martinez or Adrian Martinez and Toure? <laughs> I mean, probably, but well, Xavier Betts. Oh, Xavier Betts. You're right. Yep, 83 yards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, th- that was the first 80 plus 80 plus yard play we've had since 2017. 
it, it, Derek, you talk about the explosiveness, and, and I think that's one great thing. I think another thing, you know, we're at the halfway juncture of the season, and I think this game was a, a you know, a, a kind of a cosmic, uh, whatever I'm thinking of, was a blanket on the word, but just was a summary of all of this is the weapons that got involved. You know, I think some people are saying it's still too much the Adrian Martinez show. It's still too much Adrian Martinez show. And there probably is some truth to that. But, like, look at this. Xavier Betts goes for 83 yards rushing. Uh, Torrey has over 100 yards receiving. Uh, Omar Manny has been consistently evolved. Oliver Martin comes back. I mean, we are getting a lot of players evolved. You look at last year. It was Adrian Martinez or whoever's playing quarterback and Wandell Robinson. Like, you know, you, you that's been our offense. It's just a couple guys contributing and everyone else. We have a lot of guys being contributors, and that's probably one of the reasons no one's stats have really stood out. Um, because when we get to Michigan, we'll start talking about what this t- offense has done throughout the season. But this is as explosive an offense that Scott Frost has had. It's just being not being dominated by one guy. Well, I'll talk about that a little bit too. Like, do we had eleven guys take carries in this game? Now I get it was a blowout. We had a lot of Justin talked about. We cleared the benches. There were three guys that had more rushing yards than Adrian Martinez. Now, granted, one of them was a one-run Xavier Betts play. Uh, but man, guys, come on, come on! It, it, Adrian Martinez had eight runs in his first seven carries. He had three touchdowns, three first downs, or no, two first downs, and an eight-yard run. Like, if that guy's running like that, why aren't you running him? Three touchdowns, two first downs, and an eight-yard run. I mean, I get it. But, like, after that, they shut him down. I mean, they didn't let him run much more outside of the options. I thought it was really cool that they brought in Logan Smothers there, you know, what, like basically halfway through the third quarter, you know? Can I say I thought they should have brought him in a a drive earlier? I I mean, it would have have negated the – the one passing touchdown Adrian Martinez had. It but. was still earlier than what I thought that they would actually bring him in. But I, I just thought it, I thought that was really good for Logan Smothers to get in. And he did, you know, he's going to be a fine was it, quarterback. Was anybody surprised that there wasn't any uh, running the score up conversations when he threw that pass? In the no. third quarter? Yeah, you, you can't, you're not I mean, running up the score in the third quarter. I don't. I don't, yeah. You're up forty. You're up forty-two to seven. You're throwing a forty-yard pass down the field. I, I think I, that I don't know. I think that there I, were, I, I'm. Su- I'm surprised some f- that there are some fans not complaining about it. I, I think that 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 any talks about running up the score were probably negated when you end up doing victory formation in the red zone. Um. I mean that. that I mean. Yeah. I mean that that right there is way, our one way, red zone way, attempt that we didn't way, get. Way to kill that stat. We almost went 100% in the red zone. I know. We had five for six in the red zone, So, and the one was because of victory formation. But um, you talked about uh, Logan Smothers. I do want to hit on that because I did like that they kept a lot of our starters in around him, or a lot of guys. I mean, they brought in Bryce Benhart, who didn't start, um, and we probably do need to address the offensive line. Um, they, you know, they, But Jockey Ziant was still in. They, uh, Cam Jurgens was still in. Omar Manning was still in. They, they had a lot of guys that were first-team guys in – uh, when Logan Smothers, which I think is a great to give him some meaningful snaps with a lot of guys if he does have to be a player, like instead of just putting in all the backups. All right, two two things before we. No, before we don't go, go negative, Derek. I know you want to go yeah. negative. 
I am going to go negative. I know. It's going to be on Bryce Benhart. I know. I I, I love the kid. I I do. I love the kid. But you're a first play in. You get a false start. Come on, dude. Like, your parents are cool. They they helped fight for Nebraska football last year. I, I... but you get a fight. I mean, that's why you got pulled half or half the reason you got pulled is because all your false starts. You come in on your first play and get a false start. I I don't know. That's it's in it's his irritating. defense. He does need to start early to get that block going, though. Otherwise, it's going to get run past. <laughs> you know, this is not the time to be negative, guys. <laughs> I I, got, I have one, one one question for you guys. I just want to pose here. And I, I so you're looking at the stats. You talk about Logan Smothers coming in. He ran for he, he played for a while. He had one pass attempt for that he completed for eleven yards. Matt Masker had three pass attempts. Yeah. Does it surprise you or bother you at all that Logan Smothers got less pass attempts than our third string quarterback? I mean, the the offense was they were moving the ball quite well. I mean, I don't. I, I, don't I get know it. If he I understand had an that, opportunity but... where that he needed to pass. But isn't Logan Smothers the one you want to see getting game reps and getting actual throws? Because he's the one that's probably going to take over for Martinez when it's. I mean, he's going to take over for Martinez before Matt Masker does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I wasn't. I don't know. I, I I was okay with it. I mean, it didn't shock me too. I mean, well, shit. I guess it shocked me a little bit about the number, but I didn't really think anything of it because. The offense was just rolling, but we do need to talk about the offensive line because this is a completely revamped offensive line here with uh, uh, Teddy Prohaska. He comes in at left tackle and uh, Noel, he comes in at left guard and they flip Turner Corcoran over to the right tackle. I mean, this was when they announced, it, I was like, oh shit, that's a lot of movement on an offensive line. And they passed, they passed with flying colors. They passed the test, man. Uh, it looked good. That pre- Teddy Prohaska, man, he's a big dude, <laughs> big dude. But- I'll say, I'll say this: if this offensive line can look this effective for the rest of the season, we're gonna win some. We're gonna win a lot of games. First off, second off, uh, Greg Austin's probably off the hot seat. If they continue, yeah. I mean, it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, why were they sitting? Why weren't these guys playing when, uh, you know, the I, offensive line was struggling I, that bad? I, I think it's I, I think it's tough to start a true freshman, and I it seems like I'm, did I just steal your thunder, Tyler? I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it's not just hard to start a true freshman. You're asking him to up seed a returning starter who actually played pretty well last year. Like, I mean, Bryce Benhart played pretty well last year. He started. It's really hard to come in. And they had tried new things at guard. Let's not forget, like, Ethan Piper was a returning starter. I mean, they, like, and we're six games in. Like, I, I know like, I know. at this point we're six games in, but we were five games in coming into this game. Like, I I don't think it was. It's not like they waited until two games left in the season to change. Like, I, I feel like. At the juncture that they made the changes are the junctures where it was clear that the personnel group wasn't working. I think if they would have switched after the Oklahoma game, that may have been even too soon. Like, But yeah, I mean, to the overarching question, if this offensive line continues to play like this, like, I mean, it won't. I can't imagine it will. I mean, but if, if, if it does, 
I mean, I don't want to be too hyperbolic about what the season will look like, but I mean, the big t- if this offensive, I mean, this offensive line was near flawless. Well, Northwestern, like, Northwestern as a team, uh, they are probably closer to Fordham's level than they are Buffalo's level. You know, as bad as they are, I mean, they're not better. They're not better than Buffalo. I mean, I I will say this. I my t- my hot take of the week. Northwestern's going to win a couple more games. They're not going winless the rest of the season. I will bet you money that they don't win two more games. Over if you put the over on at one and a half, I'll, I'll take I'll that. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'd love to go back to the beginning of the season and put a thousand dollars on under for Justin's uh, Northwestern. Yeah. On the win total, because I would have lost. I would have lost. <laughs> yeah, they they ain't hitting no six wins. I had I had no idea that they would be this bad. I mean, they are be- they are beyond being bad i i will i think they get if you if you put the over half i i think they get at least two games the rest of the season they still have to play illinois i'll bet i'll bet you that i'll bet you money okay you 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 gotta drive up here bring me a case of yingling i'll 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 send you 20 bucks if you win even trade well we'll work something out after the show (laughs) but uh yeah they're not they're I would be shocked if they won one game, truthfully. But so I'll definitely take that one and a half. Uh, Derek, what did you think? I mean, are they closer to Fordham than Buffalo, or are they better than Man. Buffalo? I, I I don't know. I, I it's hard to tell. I I don't I don't think they beat Buffalo. I really don't. Okay. I, I think Buffalo has showed some signs of life, and right now I. They lost to Duke, man, and Duke's just not a good team. Then they got hammered by Nebraska. I, they'll they'll surprise somebody. Pat Pat Fitzgerald always plays a better second half than the first half in his football seasons. So at some point, he will turn it around a little bit. They're going into but, a bye week. They're going into a bye week embarrassed. I I I think that he gets a little bit of momentum in the second half of the season. I, I think he takes over defensive play calling. I don't I don't think he allows that defensive coordinator to do anything anymore. Well, and, and just you mentioned Duke beating Northwestern. And I just got to I, I don't know if ended on this, but the, this is how stupid the transitive property is in college football. So we destroy Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern uh, also had lost to Duke. Uh, but played them pretty closely, pretty close game. Duke lost to Charlotte. Charlotte lost to Illinois. Illinois beats Charlotte. And Illinois also beats us. I mean, like, you start playing this out of these scores of these games, like, we should not have dominated Northwestern, or we should have dominated Illinois. Like, one of those things should have been the same. Um but- it's Jekyll and Hyde. You play a clean game, you play a shit game. Yeah. Well, and I think every Saturday, that just proves every Saturday is a independent event, a little bit more than we like to believe in college football. Yeah, this was a perfect game by Nebraska standards, right? Perfect game. So we always yeah. talk about this uh, this mythical bingo card, Nebraska bingo card, you know, like all missed field goals, mixed, uh, missed PATs, uh, safety in the end zone on a punt return, seven yard punts, punt return. If you have punt, if you had perfect game on your bingo card, we're fucked. <laughs> we're fucked. We already we already crossed that one off. <laughs> 
So, so I got to ask you guys, I guess one more thing. What was your play of the game? Oh. Derek, do you I'm, have? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the 84-yard punt because that's something we can't friggin' do ever. So I'm going to go with the 84-yard punt. Everything else looked pretty easy. Bats, his, his long run was uh, pretty impressive. I wanted to I wanted to save it for you because I knew you wanted to use that. Well, what made that so good was the blocking. I mean, it, it, I mean everything about the play call they caught him off guard, but the blocking is what did it. So I'm going to go a little off script. To me, one of the best plays, and it won't get anything on the stat sheet, was the fair catch that Oliver Martin had, where he sprinted up, up yeah. and caught it. Like I just think, where the hell was that against Michigan State? We'd have had a hundred less yards to have to travel against Michigan State if we had a guy field the punt up, like. Um, good to see him back there returning punts. So, so on the opposite end of that spectrum, what was the worst play of the game? The, the fourth down play. we went to and didn't get. I, I'm I'm going to go with Garrett Nelson getting a sack, strip sack, strip sack, which he then in turn plays the air guitar while the ball is still rolling on the ground. Like, cool go doing for it, the though. ball, dude. Like, cool. I love your celebrations. It's all cool. But when the ball's still alive, go for the damn ball. Come on. I wonder what song he was playing. Was it ACDC? <laughs> Might have been. He knew it was coming up. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's going to do it with our Northwestern recap here. Fun game. Let's hope we get some more. But coming to uh, Lincoln this weekend, we have another night game. Uh, huge game. Uh, number nine, Michigan, three and a half point favorites. The over under on this is 50. Now, Michigan, they completely dismantled Wisconsin last Saturday, 38 17, and it was not close. I mean, it was a straight up ass whooping. They, they were very impressive doing it. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about this Michigan team coming in? Well, I mean, I think when you look at the season, they are going to be the most balanced uh, team that we're going to face the rest of the year. Um, they're they're good on defense. They're good on offense. Um, they can do it all. I think that the highlight of this game or the, the key matchup is you're looking at the two best rushing teams in the Big Ten playing on Saturday. Uh, Michigan has been absolutely great running the ball. I'm sure we'll break that down more. But in Nebraska, we're second in the Big Ten in rushing. Um, so the two best rushing teams of the Big Ten will collide in Lincoln on Saturday. Derek. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the biggest difference here is uh, Michigan hasn't passed a lot. I'm not. I'm not to say they can't pass because Kate McNamara is throwing almost 62 percent of his passes. Uh, he's averaging nine yards per per uh, attempt. He's got five touchdowns to zero interceptions. He's he's a capable uh, quarterback. They just haven't had to pass a lot. They they, they tend to stick to the run. Uh, but we do have a big edge in the, in the passing game stat wise. But I, again, I don't know how much of that has to do with the fact that Michigan just hasn't had to pass. Uh, you, 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 you talk about their run game, Tyler, and man, they got a, a two headed dragon that nobody wants to face. I think at this point, uh, Blake Corum and, uh, Haskins, I, I'm, I'm forgetting his first name, Hassan Haskins, I think. Uh, they both have a, well, one has 80 carries, the other has 84 carries. So, I mean, they're getting pretty even, uh, carries across the board. 
Corum, Blake Corum's getting a little bit more, 6.2 yards per carry, seven touchdowns, 104 yards a game. Uh, Haskins is getting 4.6 yards a carry, six touchdowns, and 73 yards a game. Uh, Nebraska has gone now six games through this season without giving up a 100-yard rusher. Uh, that's the best since 2009, which I did go back and look. We had eight straight games in 2009 wow. of, of not giving up a 100-yard rusher. Uh, it's going to be a test, boys. Uh, I, I, it's going to be tough to stop both these guys and keep them under 100 yards. You know, an interesting storyline coming into this game here uh, is uh, Harbaugh and Scott Frost. These are two coaches in the Big Ten that would – often come up on these hot list, uh, hot seat lists, you know, and here they are, you know, Michigan number nine and Scott Frost, he's getting a little bit, a lot of momentum coming up here with uh, some uh, tough games against Oklahoma near upset against Michigan state and dismantling Northwestern. Uh, The power polls love Nebraska here as high as 21 uh, in uh, one that we saw today. And, Nebraska, they are five and one against the spread, and Michigan is four and one against the spread. So Vegas is dropping these lines, and both teams are exceeding expectations here. Uh, both these teams are a huge surprise. Uh, you know, when Nebraska was playing Oklahoma, that that whole week was it was fun. It was a is a huge game because it was an old rivalry game, but. You know, headed into it, it just kind of felt like, you know, it was like, well, shit, I just hope that we don't get blown out. I hope we just be competitive. But uh, this game right here against Michigan, this feels like it's a way bigger game. There's a, so much on the line. You know, it's a, being a conference game. But, Tyler, what's a bigger game to you? Was it Oklahoma week or Michigan week? How do you feel? Well, I, I would go the Oklahoma game. Um, and I think there's uh, the, the biggest reason is, is not just because of the rivalry, not just because they were top five in the country. Um, but I think it was also the juncture of the season. I think there was a point in that season was like, if Nebraska can win this, what what's left for the season? Um, I don't want to say that, you know, at that point, I'm my expectations are like shattered right now, but I do think that even a victory on Saturday, I don't know if I'm going to be like, yeah, I I still think we're probably a six win team. Like I I just, I don't know if my expectations are going to change the way Oklahoma would, but with all things considered, this is a on paper, a lot more competitive game to me than Oklahoma. Cause I'm with you. Like Oklahoma was like, please don't get blown out. Please don't get blown out. Like, and, and I, I want to know, and I, I don't want to detour from your question, Justin, but I'll turn it to you guys after this. But I, I had a theory that every game this this season, Nebraska has gotten better. Illinois was our worst, then Fordham, then Buffalo, then Oklahoma, then Michigan State, and then Northwestern. Like, it seems like every game we have played a little bit better. I don't know if you guys see that same line that I do, but which all things are pointing towards maybe this is the moment where Scott Frost finally knocks off a top 10 opponent. Um, so that I do think this is, while maybe not as big a game as Oklahoma, I think it is matching up a lot more competitively. Derek, what do you think? Is this a bigger game than Oklahoma? Oh, th- this is massively bigger than Oklahoma. 
And here's, there's two reasons why. And Tyler, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. And Justin, I'm going to agree with you a little bit in the fact that we went to play Oklahoma, and I think I think the national narrative was, can Nebraska just not get blown out? But with with Michigan, Tyler, you said it yourself. Like there are people sitting there going, Nebraska might upset Michigan. Nebraska has a shot to beat these guys. And for that reason, I think it's it's absolutely a bigger game, but just because there is a sh- people think there is a shot. For two, it's it's a conference game, and Justin, you stated that, so I'll agree with you on that. Uh, it, it is a conference game. At, at the end of the day, look, Nebraska's not a national relevant team right now. We know this. We've been through this for the last twenty years. We've probably been through this. Uh, and, and right, so right now it's, it's baby steps. Like, let's get better in conference. Let's start winning some conference games. Let's start competing for the West. We're not competing for a playoff spot right now. And the only thing that an Oklahoma win would have done was that. Like, can can you can you win the rest of your games, beat Oklahoma, and, and give yourself a chance to get into a playoff spot? Like, that's only a non that's the only thing a non conference game can do for you. Yeah. Like right right now, we're just looking to try and be competitive in the Big Ten. So a non-con win against Oklahoma at the end of the day, while it would have been nice, would have done nothing for us. Well, the last time we played Michigan was in 2018, and they throttled us 56 to 10. That's not going to happen this year. I don't think anybody would ever think that's going to happen this year. But what scares you, Tyler, about this Michigan team on how the how they match up with Nebraska? I am I'm scared about their defense. I mean that that to me. So you know I've seen Nebraska do pretty well against teams that can run the ball. Um, you know we played against Michigan State. We're really highly effective against the run there. Um, we have not played a defense like this. This is by far the best defense that we will have played um, all season. Uh, I am a little bit worried that this revamped offensive line that looked so good. They're they're in for a rude awakening on Saturday, and when I look at the matchup on that that particular that scares me is the pass rush. Um, Aiden Hutchison right now for Michigan State uh, edge rusher has Michigan, four and a half sacks. I'm sorry, Michigan um, has four and a half sacks and six tackles for loss. David uh, Ojibo, their other pa- edge rusher, has three and a half sacks. They could get after the quarterback. And Nebraska has not exactly looked good uh, against stopping the pass rush. So when you look at this defense, like our offense really hasn't been tested by a real defense yet. And we're about to be on Saturday. Derek, what scares you? Uh, well, I, I will say the same exact thing as Tyler, but I will add this. Like you say, we haven't played anybody with, with this pass rush, but this revamped offensive line, Northwestern was averaging two and a half sacks a game. They were 52nd in the country. I mean, they were average. I'm not saying they were great, but they were average. Uh, so so it's not like they, we were just playing some shit team when, well, I mean, it was a shit team, but they, they did. They were able to get after a quarterback, okay? <laughs> and we held them to zero sacks. Uh, but the problem but the problem is, is you're, Tyler, you, t- you talk about Aiden Hutchison and David Ojaba, man, those guys are beasts. Uh, this is probably the best pass rushers we've seen since Oklahoma. Uh, they're averaging 3.8 sacks a game. Six in the country. So if this uh, 
revamped line isn't as good as it was last week, Adrian Martinez could be in some trouble. Yeah, and Michigan knocked out uh, uh, Graham Mertz last week. Uh, I mean, Which almost did him a favor. <laughs> almost, but that Chase Wolf is freaking bad. Oh, my goodness. For all the people who's like, why isn't Mertz benched yet? That is why. Chase Wolf is a terrible quarterback. Luke McCaffrey should have gotten to Wisconsin. He would be starting there. Uh, yeah, but you can have, he could have a lot of interceptions there, too. Yeah, I mean, just as many he as... he fit right in. Yeah. He'd fit right <laughs> in. He just gives the uh, the running element there. Uh, all right, let's flip the script here. What what do you like about Nebraska's chances against uh, Michigan, Derek? I, I'm loving our run defense. Like, they, they rely on the run. I love our run defense. I think they're doing an awesome job. This is one of the best run defenses we've had since, uh, actually, 2015, uh, Mike Riley's first year. When we only gave up 110 yards a game, uh, and that was ninth ninth in the country at the time. The only other time that we've ranked lower than what we're ranked higher than what we've ranked what we're ranking right now was back in 2009 when we only gave up 92 yards a game. So right now I'm loving our run defense. We're giving up 122 yards a game, which is a vast improvement over last year. Which, if you look at the last four or five years, this this is a huge improvement. And I love what we're doing uh, defensively to stop the run. Uh, I, I I love what uh, Shenander's doing for dialing up blitzes. I think he's going to continue to do that. And I, I think he's going to force him to try and pass and see if we can make Caden McNamara make some make some mistakes. So, I, and I love that. I like defensively. This is going to be a low-scoring game. But Tyler, I, I love what we're bringing defensively. Tyler, what do you like about Nebraska's chances against Michigan? Well, so I think on I, I just gotta hit this real quick, and, and I, I, I while I do agree with Derek, I think a lot of people listening is like, wait, isn't Michigan really good at running the ball? And they are; they're seventh in the country. But those stats lie a little bit. So against Rutgers, who has a pretty good defense, all things considered, don't don't let the Ohio State game alone fool you. But but Rutgers has a pretty good defense, not great defense. Michigan ran for 112 yards. Last week against Wisconsin, and I'm not saying Nebraska's defense is Wisconsin's defense, Michigan ran for 40-some yards. So, like, it's it's a very big... Uh, um, it, the, the Michigan has not exactly looked like the Michigan that started the year in the last couple weeks. Um, and, I, and I'm sorry, I said 40-some. That was Wisconsin's. They, uh, Michigan ran for 112 last week. But... Um, but back-to-back games under 125 yards for Michigan rushing the ball. So, but why I think Nebraska wins to answer your question is while we haven't faced a defense like this, Michigan has not faced an offense like us. Let's be real. Wisconsin's offense is dreadful. Noah Vedral, we love the kid. He isn't exactly breaking school records over at Rutgers. He made Ohio State's uh, defense look really good. We come into this game ranked right now 11th in the country in total offense at averaging over 500 yards a game. Like, to me, like, Derek, you mentioned it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I tend to agree with you. But to me, I think the question of this game is not what Nebraska's defense will do. It's who's going to ultimately win that battle. Will our offense continue to roll, or will we be derailed against a really good defense in Michigan? All right, so as we move to the keys of the game, I think one of the most important factors of this game is it's going to come down to special teams. Uh, 
you know, both both Nebraska and Michigan strong defenses. Their offenses, you know, they're uh, completely different. Strong defenses, but special teams is where it really matters. Uh, for punting, uh, it's going to be a game of field position, right? This is with uh, two defenses. Field position is what matters. Nebraska is 124th in the nation in punting, net punting, and uh, Michigan is 18th. In punt returns, we're 125th. We have just over a yard in punt returns. They are 13th with almost 16 yards uh, average for punt returns. Kickoff returns, you know, same same song, same dance there. Uh, we suck 119th in the nation. They're 59th. Field position is essential. Also, when it comes down to special teams, if you get an opportunity to kick a field goal, you need to make that make it. You can't have any missed field goals. Kicking like Connor Culp, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him anyway to start making field goals. It doesn't go away in this game. We're going to need his foot because you can't leave points off the board in a struggle like this. Uh, finally, the turnovers, uh, turnover margin. They are 15th in the nation, and uh, we're 68th. It's going to come down to special teams and turnovers in this game. Everything that we do with offense is fine and dandy, but against that defense, points are going to be hard to come by. It's all about putting your team in the best position, and that is through special teams. Tyler, do you have anything to add on keys? I I, I think you hit that right there. I think... You know, before we get into predictions, I think we will have more offensive yards than Michigan will. Um, so when you say I think we're going to have more yards, then yes, it comes down to what you said. It comes down to third down conversion, which we've been able to execute really well. And that's another one of those metrics that kind of fall by the wayside. We do have an advantage there. We're 28th in the country to their 50th. Um, but the other two things that you look at are special teams. They have a clear advantage there. Yeah. And turnovers... Well, I would say they have a slight advantage. I mean, I, I know the gap's a little bit there in the rankings, but they, they're averaging plus one in turnovers. We're even. It's not like the gap is, I don't know, it's, so it's a minimal Kate gap. Kate McNamara, he has not thrown an interception this year. Yeah, but he's also only thrown over 20 times, I think, once this whole season. He is going to have to throw more than 20 times on Saturday. I agree. I hope, I hope so, right. anyway. And you know, and we and we haven't talked about this. The the key that goes in Nebraska's favor is health. Because going into Saturday, even there is no sign of really any injury. Casey Rogers is back. I don't know how much we'll see him play. Oliver Martin's back. I don't know how banged up Michigan is, but what I do know is they are without their best wide receiver in Ronnie Bell. And he is one of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten. So again, another thing that kind of goes into our favor. Derek? Uh, well, I agree with everything you guys are saying, but I think Nebraska proved something last week and how you fix special teams by just not letting them on the field. So just score a touchdown every time and you don't have to worry about it. Hey, do you, right? do you pull the Lane Kiffin and just not like kick field goals or punt? I just don't, go for it I, every fourth down? No, you can't. do. I don't think you can quite do that, but here, here's my key stat of the game is uh, time of possession. This is something that we have complained about Scott Frost for the first three years. He's averaging 34 minutes a game right now. Can we do that in this game? Can, can we hold on to the ball and keep the ball out of their hands? 
Because if you can do that and you can sustain long drives and you can keep the ball out of their hands, it's, it's easy to it, Well, I wouldn't say easy to win, but. Doesn't this seem like this could be like a seven possession game? Like, you might only get like seven possessions each. Like, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be a little more like the Oklahoma game where possessions are limited. When, when you have two teams running the ball, uh, I mean, as, as as efficiently as both these teams have, it, it, it they'll they'll bleed the clock out pretty fast. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm I'm so excited to see this game. This is the 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 one other thing I'll add is, you know, you guys talked about what a great uh, game that Scott Frost called in this last game against Northwestern. How much? Does does uh, Michigan now have to prepare for with all these different options he threw out there and the and the, and the deep throws and the I mean he threw so much at Northwestern so early I, Michigan's going to have a lot to try and prepare for in one week. Well, I mean, you talk about that with Nebraska. I mean, I think that an underutilized thing about the Huskers this season. And tell me if you guys disagree. Is there an offense in the Big Ten that is more uh, more well-versed, more balanced than Nebraska? Like, I mean, we can run the ball. We're second in the Big Ten. We're, we can pass the ball. We're, what, fourth or fifth in the Big Ten in passing. We have the option element that is really unique to Nebraska. Like, you know, we have the – Adrian Martinez. Justin, you've referred to him as the most mobile quarterback in the country. Like, I think this is a game where the first time all year I'm saying – Okay, let's go. Let's, let's run in fifteen times. Like, let's do. This is the game when you bring that out, and you know, all things considered, like, like th- this is a. I, I, I will say the way that Michigan knocked out Graham Mertz out of that game, I'm kind of like, I don't know if we should be running Adrian Martinez. There's a lot. There's a lot riding on this game. Because think about it, guys. If, if we get past Michigan, I mean. We're we're up there competing for a West title at that point. If you win Michigan, absolutely. Yeah, you're you're in you're in that running. You got a lot to play for. I mean, that West title starts getting in that little picture right there. I think it's in the it, it, it's it's far out because you know what we what happens after Michigan? We go on the road to Minnesota. And while this isn't Minnesota's best team, like let's not overlook Minnesota. You know what happens? You know what, hap- you know what happens after Minnesota? We have Ohio State in a few weeks, and then we go to Madison, which I know this isn't Wisconsin's, but I mean they're and we're already sitting down 0-2. Like we have two losses right now, two losses more than Iowa. So I mean, you're pretty much if you want to win the Big Ten West, you're in the position where you have to run the table. Like that, oh, you that, absolutely, and, you and absolutely so, have to. And it so yes, with and, beating and, Michigan. Well, it all starts with beating Michigan. But let's. I mean, I'm just saying. But if you, but if you beat Michigan, like you can't tell me that thought doesn't start running through your head. Well, the reason why it does is because I believe right now Michigan is the toughest game we have left on this season. Like I, I think this is the singular toughest game because of the balance which I refer to. Michigan is really good defensively, and they can run the ball. Iowa and Wisconsin are really good defensively. Offensively, not so much. Ohio State, really, really good offensively. Not so much defensively. Minnesota, I guess there's balance, but I don't think they're exceptionally good at either right now. So, like, this is why I think this is the toughest game is because Michigan, there there is no glaring weakness with this Michigan team. 
I'm just saying, if Nebraska beats Michigan by two or three touchdowns, <laughs> okay. <laughs> if that happens, I mean, we're coming for yeah. you, Iowa. We're coming for you. We're gonna take your shit. Yeah. If, if we if we if we be, if we beat Michigan by three touchdowns, you might see Scott. Well, so the question is, we beat Michigan Saturday. Do the fans rush the field? No. I hope not. No, you so don't think tacky. so? No, no. I hope not. I mean, if I was the right one, but <laughs> I'd be hammered. <laughs> Justin would be the one that's stuck on the wall. Like he got one leg over and he couldn't get the rest. He's just it's like stuck It's too far. There. It's too far. <laughs> I have instant, down. I have instant regret of my decisions. <laughs> Oh, he wouldn't look at me for that because he knows what I would do. I would just push him off. Okay. <laughs> Justin, I have one last question. I don't know if you're about to ask it. Go ahead. About the Michigan game. And I and I think this is a question you wanted to ask us. But Scott Frost, we win the toss. Derek, do you defer or do you take the ball? Defer. He's been good about that this year, and he needs to continue to do that. It's it's a smarter move. In spite of what you saw last week against Northwestern. Yes. Knowing that you might only get seven possessions, and if you put up a, if you get an early lead, you can really screw with Michigan. I, I, I look. I my defense is playing so well. I'm relying on my defense to make a play early in the game. Nine times out of ten, I say defer. But in a game like this, when it's at home, at night, under the lights, I mean, you saw that, how that how that crowd reacted last I, I, week. This is, this is what I do. I defer and I onside kick and try and get the ball back right away. <laughs> That'd be a ballsy move. Yeah, but, you're, but, you're definitely stuck on the ledge with me there. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what well, I would do, but if I, you're I, gonna go up by two touchdowns, that's about the only way you're gonna do it. So, well, I, I, uh, I, I don't know what I would do, but I do think there is something to be said that if we can get up two touchdowns any point of this game, like. I, I don't think Michigan could come back on us. And it, I don't know if we would, but if you get the chance to come up, you know, take that first drive, go down for a touchdown, and then all of a sudden you, you have the chance maybe in the second quarter to get another, you know, field goal. I, I just think that possessions are going to be, I don't know, my, that's my perception. It's going to be so limited on Saturday. I think it's essential that, that you, you score first in this game and get that crowd behind you every time that Michigan gets uh, – Gets on that ball. I mean, you want you want this crowd to be in your favor. I mean, yeah, you don't sh- want I don't think you, to I, drive the field first and score, right? I mean, yeah, that would be you the worst thing. If they, if, if they took the ball and took it on a six-minute, seven-minute drive to start the game and ended up scoring, like, that would be it. But I think this crowd is going to be into the game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you, got, you have to play that light show going into the fourth quarter again. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure they will. And, and and this this game will be a game still in the fourth quarter, I do believe. Uh all right. So I guess we kinda I don't know, did we really discuss how we think this game's gonna plan play out? Kind of, I guess. What's your score prediction? If you have anything else to add about the game and maybe give us a bold prediction, throw it out there, Tyler. Yeah, so I like I said, I think this is gonna be a tough game. I did mention I do think Nebraska does get more offense than Michigan. Uh but I do think this is going to be our uh, lowest offensive production of the season. I, I think that we will struggle to break 400 yards. I think we're right in that threshold. Um, ultimately, 
I, I just can't see Nebraska winning this game. I struggled with my score predictions. Um, I, I knew I wanted it to be a one-score game. I knew I wanted it to be upper teens, lower 20s. So I ultimately went with a number that's kind of been damning for Nebraska at 23 points. I think we give up 23 points, and we only score 21. I got Nebraska losing 23-21. All right, Derek. All right, I'll start with a bold prediction. My bold prediction is we go seven games in a row of not giving up 100 yards to a running back. Unfortunately, I think Corm gets about 90, and I think Haskins gets about 80. <laughs> but I think we'll keep. I, I do think we won't give up 100 yards rushing to a running back. Uh, I, I don't see this game play, playing out the way Tyler does. I don't think there's that many points scored. Uh, I think this is a very low-scoring game. I think it's one of those boring-ass Big Ten games that we used to bitch about nonstop. And I, I, th- I think the home field advantage gives Nebraska a little bit of an edge. And I think they come out with a win here and win 14-13. to 14-13. My God, that was a Nebraska-Illinois score not too long ago. <laughs> uh, all right, 14-13. You know what? I can get behind a uh, defensive struggle there, uh, but I like that you picked Nebraska. My bold prediction here is something I thought one of you guys would say. Cade McNamara, man, he throws his first interception on Saturday. We get I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I don't know if we win the turnover battle, but, uh, and I tell you what, I'm so pumped for this game, and I can see this game going either way. I think this is going to be something that, you know, is anybody's game with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. In the end, I think with the issues that Nebraska has demonstrated consistently throughout the year, with the exception of the Northwestern game where we already checked the perfect game off the bingo card there, uh, I'm not fully bought in on our special teams. And I think our special teams somehow, in some way, will doom us. Uh, So... I'm taking Michigan here 24 to 20, but I I can see it either way. It it'll be a fun game for sure. I it won't be a blowout. It will not be a blowout. Uh shit, all of us have uh the under. Uh the over under is 50. Now, last time I last time I bet on the under, Nebraska scored the the over on it on their own. Yeah. Within like so. three damn near in three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I'll stay away from the under this week, just in case. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, can't wait for that game. Uh, let's get into our games of the week here. Uh, last week I went five and one, taking me to twenty-one and nine on the season. Tyler, you went six and zero, oh, man. I'm proud of you. Uh, you're still in last place though, because you suck. You're eighteen and twelve though, so you're you're getting there. Uh, Derek, you're on my heels. You went four and two last week. Uh, you're 20 and 10 on the year. We got another week of great games. Uh, we got four top 25 matchups here. First one that we're going to talk about is number 13, Arkansas at number 17, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is six point favorites. Tyler. Yeah. I mean, so last week, uh, Arkansas, um, just got absolutely, uh, boat raced against Georgia. Couldn't do anything against them. Ole Miss just got completely manhandled against Alabama. So who's going to rebound more? 
Uh, I'm going to go Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin um, is probably the better coach in this game. I think he gets his team to rebound a little bit more. Um, and, and I like Ole Miss to win this game. All right, Derek. All right. Well, well I agree with you, but I, I went, I, I went with, kind of with the same thing you did. But the difference was Ole Miss showed at least a little life against Alabama and scored 21 points. Arkansas couldn't do shit against Georgia. And so I, I think Ole Miss has the better offense. I don't know that either one of these has – this could be a high-scoring game. But I think Ole Miss is the better team overall. And I, I, I agree. Lane Kevin's probably the better coach. And that's painful for me to hey, agree I, with. I'm taking Ole Miss also. But, I mean, Georgia's not allowing a lot of points from any team. And so – I get it. I get it. But, you, you I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that they would uh, score something. I mean, I, I even I even bet Arkansas in that game, but yeah, you were sh- you were show Arkansas looked really good scoring the ball, and they shut yeah, them. They out. did. George, Georgia's defense is for real, and uh, in, in spite of that uh, Clemson game, which I think we all thought, oh, what maybe it's really good, but Clemson sucks. Well, their offense sucks. Their defense yeah. is fine. Yeah. All right, we just talked about Georgia. Well, Georgia's right what here. To de- Hold on. What happened to defenses win championships, though? Hey, Nick Saban says that's not true anymore. He goes, you need an offense to win championships. He's probably right. Yeah. Because <laughs> Clemson ain't winning no championship. It's hard, it's hard to win if you can't score any points. I mean, the offenses are so prolific now. And uh, Anyway. Number two, Georgia, 14.5-point favorites against number 18, Auburn. Tyler. I hate that Auburn's so ranked this high. I do, too. Like, it, it's just it's stupid. Um, for every reason out there, one of the number one reason is I just don't think Auburn's that good. I, Georgia just beats the living shit out of them. Derek? Well, I, Justin, you talked about Georgia's defense not giving up a lot of points. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. They're only giving up 4.6 points a game. That, that sounds they're pretty all, good. We're, we're, we're almost halfway through the season. They're giving up 4.6 points per game. Like, that's phenomenal. That That's, uh, I mean, better than what 09 Huskers defense did, which was one of the best defenses I've ever watched play football. It's, pre- it's pretty phenomenal. I you can hate Georgia all you want, but they're winning this game pretty big. Yep, I have. Have Georgia you guys watched? Also? Have What's you guys that? watched much Georgia? Like the only game I've watched of Georgia is that Clemson game. Yeah, that's the I only didn't. One even, I, I, I didn't even watch that because I think I was watching Illinois the next week. Well, it was so it was so damn boring. I it, it was a very boring game. It was a very boring game. I saw you know the uh, the pick six. It's like, my God, is anybody going to do anything in this game? I didn't think Georgia's offense would, was going to be good at all, but they seemed uh, to have found an offense somewhere along the line. So yeah. that Clemson game was just an anomaly there. All right, here's uh, the Red River shootout. Or is it Red yeah, who'd River you pick, rivalry? Justin? What? Who'd you pick in the Georgia game? Oh, I picked game. Georgia, of course, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you said it, but I didn't hear it if you did. Yeah, that's a given. Fuck Auburn. Uh, number six, Auburn, or <laughs> shit. Number six, Oklahoma, minus three and a half at number 21, Texas. Tyler. 
Yeah, Texas comes off of a, a very, very tight victory against TCU last week, um, winning 32-27. to Oklahoma has struggled really this whole season uh, with Nebraska. Um, a lot of things are pointing to Texas being a team that can upset them this week, but I ain't buying it. I don't think Lincoln Riley gives up to Texas yet. I think that there still is a gap there. Um, Oklahoma's going to lose a game. I just don't think it's going to be this Saturday. Derek. That's where I disagree with you. I think it's this Saturday. Dude, Oklahoma is winning. If you take the Western Carolina game out where they won 76 to nothing, they were winning by an average of 5.25 points per game. Like, they're struggling to beat some teams. And I, I just, I'm not buying Oklahoma. I don't think they're a great team right now. I think Texas really got manhandled by a decent Arkansas team. Uh, other than that, I mean, they just beat – they just scored 75 points on Texas Tech. I, and they did beat TCU. They, I mean, they, they're just they're – they're, I think they're playing better ball overall. And so I, I think Texas wins this game. Yeah, I mean, they looked, they looked terrible against Arkansas, which led me, you know, a little extra motivation to take Arkansas and the points against Georgia. But, no, you're right. I have Texas also in this game. I have not been sold on Oklahoma either. They're a they're a big disappointment. I thought that they were going to be a lot better offensively than what they've shown. Uh, you know, after the Nebraska game, they struggled against uh, West Virginia. There, I mean, god dang. I, I guess it depends on if Spencer Rattler goes out drinking all week. So did I tell you guys this rumor? Like, you know, you guys know I work with a bunch of Oklahoma fans, or three or four of them at least, quite quite a few of them. And one of them came up to me the other day and was telling me that apparently Spencer Rattler has been out drinking every night since the season started pretty much. Like, he's just out partying it up. He he is uh, Johnny Football in it without the talent of Johnny Football. Hey. Good. I hope he keeps on drinking because I'm going to keep on betting against him. <laughs> What's the spread on this game, Justin? Three, three and a half. Oklahoma's favored by three and a half. Oklahoma is one and four against the spread. Texas is four and one against the spread. Yeah, that's that that's a good spread, Vegas. I think I like Texas against that spread. It's gonna be a tight game. I I again Lincoln Riley's four and one against Texas. Like I just I, I don't know how many games I I wanna say he's won three out of the last five. He's won three in a row. I just don't think I just I'm not buying Texas. Maybe that Arkansas is just in my brain too much and TCU is not a good team. So, so I Oklahoma has played 5 games. One of it was against FCS, so I'm not going to count that. They won 76 nothing. But in their other 4 games against FBS opponents, every single one of those games has been a one score game. One score 5. game. 5.25 point points per game. Yeah. The biggest their biggest w- uh, margin of victory was against Nebraska, which was 7 points. I mean, this this is not the same Oklahoma team that finished the year strong last year. So yeah, I the the, the funny thing is, I, I we don't want to get too much into this Oklahoma team, but like their defense is actually pretty improved, but their offense is taking a huge step back. I think, yeah. like it, it's bad. Yeah. Anyway, on to the next one. 
right. This is the game of the week right here. This is the game that I'm looking forward to the most. And this is number four, Penn State at number three, Iowa. Iowa's two point favorites. Tyler. What would you broke up there for a second? What was the game? Oh, I'm sorry. Number four, Penn State at Penn State, Iowa. Iowa. Yep. Yeah. So the game of the weekend. Um, I mean, this this right now are the two best teams in the Big Ten have played like it all year. I think in a neutral field that Penn State wins this game. Sean Clifford's actually having a pretty good season. Um, probably shocking a lot of people. Penn State's defense is for real, but. Man, Iowa's defense had seven turnovers last week against Maryland. Who, the, one of the craziest stats in the college, uh, Tugo Voya was 126 in the country for, or I guess was 126 in the most pass attempts. Really good stat for um, passes to interceptions, uh, whatever the, the positive. He's now one of the worst in the country, second worst in the country in interceptions. Um, he was 126 in most interceptions. So he had the fewest interceptions in the country heading into last week. And now he's second in the country in interceptions. The point is Iowa's defense is going to cause turnovers. They continue to do that. I, I think at, in, uh, in, in, uh, Iowa city, I think they find a way to beat uh, Penn state. So I'm going to go Iowa in this game after I butchered that stat so dramatically. God, you did. I, I follow what you're saying. I'm still not. I'm still not sure what the stat is. But. He, he had he one was of the a, least amount of interceptions <laughs> in the it. country. He, he, he was, was. He was joking. almost was dead joking. last in the country in interceptions thrown. That's for the listeners, Derek. That's not. That's not for you. That's for the listeners. <laughs> well, I couldn't. I, I wrote down the stat, but I couldn't remember how it was. Where I'm like, that doesn't make 126 in interception. It sounds pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my, my, here's my real question for you guys. Not that we're big ESPN fans in this podcast. Anybody who listens to us knows we're not. Uh, is anybody really shocked that game day is going to Oklahoma, Texas, instead of number three versus number four, Penn State, Iowa? Not really. They got to promote their, their shit. And Fox is already there. I mean... Like, yeah, did, but didn't they just didn't they just do a game where they were at the same place as Fox Soldier Field? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it shocked me a little bit. Like I, I don't know how you're not going to number three versus number four compared to some. I mean, I I know they want to go to the Texas State Fair and all, but ooh, fried butter, ooh, deep fried fried butter. butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So into my prediction here. Uh, I think they both have pretty damn good defenses. I, 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 Iowa probably has a slight edge on defense, but Penn State has a pretty marginal advantage offensively. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think Penn State finds a way to upset Iowa in in Iowa. I, I think their offense could score just enough points to get out of it. Where Iowa's offense, I'm not sure. When they play a good defense like Penn State, they're going to make some mistakes. Wow. Okay. I like uh, I like Penn State. Or, I'm sorry. I don't like Penn State. I like Iowa. Uh, before the season started, you know, I had Iowa at 10-2. and two. I think that they are going to run the table at this point. They're going to represent the West. They're a good team. That defense... That defense that turns that turns the ball over, that's not an anomaly. That is who they are. That is what they do. Uh, Petrus, 
he's not as shitty as what you guys want to think say that he is. I mean, he's just a he manages his game. I mean, his numbers aren't I, I'm terrible. Not, I mean, I'm not saying he's shitty, but Sean Clifford is definitely better. He is, but I, I like I like Iowa's defense uh, much more than. Uh, Penn State's defense. I, I, I hate to do this, but the reason why Petrus isn't that shitty is entirely for two reasons. One, because he is not asked to do anything. Anything at all. When you have a defense that scores more than Wisconsin's offense scores leading into that game, you're not asked to do a lot. Two, he is not shitty by comparison. Yes, he is not compar- shitty compared to Graham Burns. He is not shitty compared to Noah Vedral. He is not shitty compared to Brandon Peters. Like, let's the gap between Petrus and Sean Clifford is about a mile wide. That that there is a huge gap there. Sometimes the key to a really good, sometimes the key to a good offense is a really good defense, and that's what Iowa has. And they have the best in the Big Ten. The best in the Big Ten. But Nick Saban says. That you have to have a good enough offense to score some points. He does. But in, in this game, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Petrus right now. So he's uh, seven touchdowns, one interception, 943 yards passing. Clifford, 1,336 uh, with the 11-3 ratio. I mean, not too far off. He had three of those passing touchdowns last weekend against Maryland. Yeah. Look, both these teams are 4-1 and one against the spread. Going to be a good game. Gonna it's going to be a, be a game. fantastic game. I, I, it's going to be a good I, game. I have Iowa. I've been, for some reason this year, I've like, I've bought into what Iowa He's an do. Iowa fan. What's that? He's an Iowa fan. Ferenc is you Iowa. He loves shirt. it. The, the the team that's going to be Iowa is when Iowa has to go on the road to a good defense with an elite quarterback. Sounds a little bit like Nebraska. Hmm. I thought you I thought you were going to say Penn State there. That's why. <laughs> anyway, no, no, uh, just kidding. All right, our final game here. We're just going to round it out with the uh, Big Ten matchup here. We've been talking a lot of Wisconsin here, so. Wisconsin minus 10 at Illinois. Tyler, who do you have in this one? I'm going to say something that I never thought I would say. Illinois has a better rushing game than Wisconsin. Illinois has a probably a better offensive line than Wisconsin. The, the thing that Illinois doesn't have is a better team than Wisconsin. And this is because Wisconsin's defense is really, really, really good. Outside of Iowa, they have the best defense in the Big Ten. I do wonder if Wisconsin's defense is going to eventually quit on that shit show of an offense. But this could be like a 10-0 game. Like, this could be an absolute awful game to watch. Um, But I do have Wisconsin win this game. Dirk. But what you're forgetting is that Illinois has a better quarterback they do. than Wisconsin. And for that reason, I think Illinois upsets Wisconsin. They're in a downhill trend. They can't score points. They're just shit on offense. Illinois will find a way to score one way or another, whether it be special teams, a pick six that Graham Mertz loves to throw if he plays. 
what was it? Uh, two years ago, Illinois upset Wisconsin as twenty six yep. point. They were twenty six point underdogs. And I think they're going to do it again this year. Yeah, I mean, it, they, Wisconsin is ripe for the upset uh, at ten points. I might even bet Illinois. I don't know if they're going to get the win though. Uh, Wisconsin's defense is just so tough. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm taking Wisconsin here, but 10 points is a lot of damn points in that game. That, that doesn't make Take sense. the under. Take the under. If we're doing best bet, I don't know what the over under is on this game, but if we were still doing that, that would be, I honestly don't think it, I mean, there's no way this is, and I mean, Wisconsin's offense is inept. It's bad. Like, I, I've never seen a Wisconsin D offense look this bad. It's the worst offense in the Big Ten. 42 and a half is the under. That sounds like a safe bet. <laughs> I mean, we think, that, we think the Nebraska-Michigan game is going to be hovering that line. And at least we have offenses. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Uh, anyway, guys, that's going to do it for us. Great show tonight. We got a huge game Saturday night. Can't wait, Tyler. Are you going to be at the game? No, no I've got not. I've got a bachelor party. Yeah. I'm going to be at. I'll be uh, hopefully watching this at a sports book, and uh, we're winning this game, baby. Yeah, I hope so. I I I really would love to get on this podcast next week, and Tyler's I, not going to be there. Bet Nebraska. <laughs> fair, fair enough, Derek. <laughs> All right, guys, fun times. All right, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening, and as always, go Big Red. Touchdown! Frost scores another touchdown! His third of the night!